Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, welcome back to episode 60 of Stay Grounded. Man, a couple episodes into the new year and I'm feeling everything right now. It's tough. You know, you come off the holidays and then you start these new goals and I personally moved to a new city. So there's just so much happening all at once. But I am so grateful for this life and I hope you guys are too. Hope your year is off to an amazing start. And I can't wait to introduce this week's guest, Miss Diane Forster. So Diane is a woman of many talents. She's an award-winning inventor, a best-selling author, a TEDx speaker, a TV host, podcaster, intentional living expert, and reinvention specialist. She's the CEO and founder of I Have Today. Her book, I Have Today, Find Your Passion, Purpose, and Smile, finally, is on a mission to help people live enriched, empowered, inspiring lives through their transitions to reinvent themselves. So Diane is no stranger to intentional living. It all started where she had a rock bottom moment. We're going to talk about this on the episode where she decided to take her own life. She seemed like she had it all. And then she reached a point where she couldn't have it anymore. And then she heard a voice in her head that told her to put the pills down and get help so that she could help others. And what I love most about this episode is just the idea of how your breaking point can be the most beautiful gift that allows you to move through the lowest parts of your life into fresh opportunities that allow you to just encompass what you're here to do on this planet. This episode is a journey of forgiveness, of compassion, of reinvention to where Diane literally just jumped in, moved to San Diego, not knowing what she needed to do. And here she is today, inspiring women, men, people all over the world to live their best lives. And I loved having this conversation with Diane because we talked about creativity, meditation, the power of self-acceptance, along with judgment, why we never feel enough, and the importance of looking out for signs. And really, just to sum it all up, we danced through it all. So I think you guys are going to find Diane's philosophy on life just beautiful. And I think you're going to walk away with a lot of inspiration that can empower you to realize that today is the only thing that's guaranteed, not yesterday, not tomorrow. The way you feel right now is everything. And I just love that entire idea because it falls right into the mindset of staying grounded and living an extraordinary life. And so super excited for you guys to discover more about Diane Forrester. You can see her links in the show notes. You can go to dianeforrester.com. And she also has a cool 10-day challenge that helps you get into the mindset of living intentionally at ihavetoday.com. So check those things out. But before we get started, I wanted to invite you all to subscribe to the podcast and get involved. Join us. Join the Stay Grounded community, www.rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. Make this show, make this community your own as you look for inspiration to just go and create an extraordinary life. So big hugs to everybody. Like I said, I know the new year, a lot might be happening. I may, There might be a lot of pressure to do this, do that, but I hope you're making this year exactly what you want it to be and are starting off on a foot that makes you feel whole and welcome in today's life. So 
Without further ado, here is Mrs. Diane Forrester. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everybody is having a fantastic day so far. I know I am because I'm sitting across from the amazing Diane. Diane, how are you? I'm great, Raj. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. It's uh, it's a privilege. I, I was telling you about this earlier in the show notes, but I was watching your video. I think one of the videos that I saw about you were giving a talk and your story almost set chills up my spine in the way that, I don't know if it was the music or what you were saying, but it was probably a good combination of both, <laughs> like a healthy dose of both. But so I, I wanted to, I already kind of introed you in, in, in before the, the episode started. So I wanted to start with a question about your moment, I guess, like your rock bottom moment. You mentioned that it was your mom speaking to you in that moment. Why was it your mom in that moment? Wow. Well, my mom passed away, you know, 22 years ago. She was 53 at the time. And I'm very intuitive and connected. And I can choose just a force bigger than life when she was here. And now now she's on the other side as an angel. She's even more powerful. And I could just, there were signs over my life where I could tell she was coming in, giving me messages. There were clear signs that they were her. I could just tell. And why I think it was her is because I could, I could hear her voice. I could feel, I could feel her, you know, knocking those pills out of my hand and screaming in my ear, just, you know, you are not ending your life this way. Go get help so that you can tell your story and you can help others. And it, those would be words that she would say to me. So that's how I, I just knew it was her. And she's, oh my God, she's first of all, she's totally in the room right now. <laughs> I can feel her saying, yes, yes, yes. But I think it was, I could feel her presence more than anything else. And then I feel like that we are always surrounded by so much love and support, universal love and support, God, spirit, whatever you believe in. But the voice I heard was, was so clearly her. I could just I just knew it. It's a knowing. It's really what it is. It's 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 a knowing. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it's easier to? Because I always feel like I have an avatar. Like every time I'm doing something, like or a conscience, if you would, or some sort of an angel, like you mentioned, that's speaking to me. Why do you think that we associate these angels to be previous guardians in our lives? I don't know about previous guardians. I think it's you know if you really look at it, it's who resonates with you, who resonated with you in your life, who resonates with you now, who do you admire, who's made an impact on your life. That's what I feel happens because I can even feel, and it's so interesting that we're going down this road with this, with this interview. It's just awesome. I love it. But I can feel my, my grandmother's around me as well. I can feel my mother's mother Thelma, and I can feel my father's mother, Henrietta. And Thelma died when I was four years old, and Henrietta died when I was in my 20s. So I had a relationship with that grandmother, and I really didn't have one with the other one. But yet I can feel their presence. I, it's it's clairaudient. I know it's them. I can just feel their energy. And I think that is, I don't believe in any separation. I think we're all connected inextricably. And I think we can pull in any energy and source 
that we want at any given time. But I think there are certain angels and spirits and guides that hang around us more often just because of the love and the connection. So it's a beautiful answer. No, no, it's a beautiful, that's a beautiful answer. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer with any, yeah. of, any of these concepts because, you know, we're, it's a connection we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, you know, like even if I felt the same exact energy, I think that my, the people that I would associate that energy with would be completely different. Right. And they might be something that I've never met before. Yes. They might be a hero or someone I admire or in that, in that space. So let's walk back to that moment where you felt you wanted to change your life. And I want to talk about that because most people, when they decide to change their life, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of commitment and you're almost like rewriting an identity. Did you feel like there was resistance in the beginning to changing your course of your life? Or did you feel like because you had been almost graced by this energy and these voices from, from people you admire, trust and love pushing you, did you feel like it was more easy going through it? I think the leading up to that moment is always the most challenging part. Living in quiet hell and having it build up and get worse and worse and worse and feeling that it's a numbness or a new normal and then having that breaking point is truly the most painful part of the breakdown but it's also where the greatest gift is because that is the opportunity to turn it around. And the empowerment piece for me came in that breaking moment when I reached out to the therapist the next day and said, I need help. I'm changing my life. That was a powerful peak emotional experience for me. And then going through the, you know, the several months of therapy and then the actual events that occurred that actually ended that relationship and then him moving out and all the change that had happened, they were kind of stepping stones. The biggest moment that shifted it all for me was in February of 2012. I woke up and every day I would sit down and I do a meditation practice and a journaling practice. I had started that practice on my path back to me and self-discovery. But that day in February of 2012, I sat down and started chanting, I forgive you. Mm. For 20 minutes, I sat there with my eyes closed going, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. And I was forgiving me. I was forgiving him. I was forgiving the events. I was forgiving everything. And that was such a powerful moment because when I got out of that state and I stood up, dried my eyes, and I, I said, that's it. No more. I did this. I'm responsible for the condition of my life. I was the enabler. I was the allower. I allowed this. I didn't set health, healthy boundaries. Well, no more. I want an extraordinary life and I'm going to do everything I can to get it. And so it moved me into a focused, very determined direction But honestly, Raj, that was in 2012, and I didn't really have the reinvention where I leaped out of corporate America, sold my house, sold all my belongings, quit quit my job, left everything behind, got my twins off to college and moved from Chicago to San Diego with nothing but my dreams and a vision and fearfully and fearlessly stepping into that going, well, I know I'm going to be okay, but I I don't know how this is going to unfold but I know this is the right thing to do. And if I don't do this now, when will I do it? And so you asked if it, you know, was it, was it easy or hard? It was, it's never been easy. 
It's been simple, but it hasn't been easy. Mm. The whole motto with I have today is this is all I have right now is this moment, this day, right now, this past is behind me. You know, we don't want to carry that forward and we don't want to project worry into the future. I have this day and every moment in this day to live it intentionally, decisive, and decide how I want to live, how I want to feel, how I want to respond, what I want to do. And having that mantra of that, I have today mantra, has enabled me to move rapidly fast and progress really, really fast and just skyrocket and accelerate my success because of living that way. Yeah, it adds a sense of urgency. It does. You know, like when when you're urgently trying to be as much of yourself as you can every single day, you realize you have no time to waste. Why do you think forgiveness helped you create that determined path forward? Because forgiveness is not forgiving, is so debilitating. I mean, the carrying around anger, resentment, shame, guilt, you know, any of those negative emotions will literally eat away at you. And it, it was in the relationship, it was eating away at me. I mean, I was, I had my, part of my colon removed. I had all these health challenges going on. I was literally heading down my mother's path. And um, I found in that moment, in that intentional moment, I got the, I got the hit. I got the download, you need to do a forgiveness chant. I mean, it was given to me. And so I just did it. (laughs) And after I did it, I realized the power in that. And forgiveness is starts, I have three levels in my book. It starts with self because we're so hard on ourselves. You know, even it doesn't matter what happens to us, we will figure out a way to blame ourselves in some way. You know, what did I do to deserve this? What was my part in this? You know, we just do that. And so we need to be kinder, more gentle to ourselves and forgive ourselves. And then forgiveness to the other person or the event. And it's not that you're letting them off the hook in any way. You're just removing the chokehold that it has on you. And then the third piece is to forgive yourself again, because we will beat ourselves up again over and over and over again for the same things. Have you ever noticed that? You know, if you replay something in your mind, you go back to beating up yourself. So forgiveness is far and away the most freeing thing there is. Mm. And you can just, you can just let it go. Just let it go. And think about the times in your life where you've just, where you've held on to something for so long and then got to the point where wasn't serving you anymore to do that and you just released it and how much better do you feel in that moment so forgiveness was very very powerful one thing i love about your story is that you almost feel these moments of 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 inspiration Mm. and then it turns into momentum yes so how do you keep the momentum rolling when you have sparks and moments of inspiration like i remember i mean for me if i can bottle up my inspiration every time i feel it I'd love to take it just a little bit every day as opposed to feeling a giant dose of it all at once. So when you have all these cathartic, amazing experiences with yourself, how do you use that and fuel that to keep everything moving in a direction that you want it to move in? I I just love the way you asked that because you asked that so perfectly. (laughs) It is the whole motto of the book, the three-step process of love it, thank it, bring it. It's loving your life no matter what has shown up in your life because first of all, you're alive. That alone is a gift and that nothing is ever happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm. Even the pain is there to teach you something. Clarity around what you do want versus what you don't want. 
thank it is living in gratitude and appreciation for everything. You know, the cup of coffee I'm drinking right now, the bed I get to sleep in at night, the breath in my lungs, because 151,000 people didn't have that today, you know, and that is such a gift. And bring it is exactly what you just talked about. So how do you do that? It's loving and having the love it, thank it motto and appreciation for your life. And then the bring it is now that all this has happened, how am I going to show up? How am I going to show up in my life? How am I going to show up in my relationships? How am I going to show up in work and service? How am I going to show up in health? And love it, think it, bring it is the anchor. It's the three-step anchor that keeps that momentum going. And so what I do, Raj, is I've written, you know, almost a hundred blogs. You know, I do my show. I've done webinars. I'm constantly writing and creating. And it's taking that moment, the moment you get that hit, and doing something with it. Yeah. Whether or not it becomes a book or, or a speech or something, but doing something with it. Because it is inspired. You know, it is inspiration that's being channeled through you. And by doing that, the momentum just builds. And it becomes easier and easier to stay in that positive mindset and that positive, literally flow of life where it's just moving so much more easy and effortlessly. And that's what keeps the momentum going. Where do you think inspiration comes from? I think inspiration comes from the inside, feeling love, self-love, self-appreciation, self-gratitude, self-awareness, Selfish in a really good way, all of those emotions, that it's the inside love coming out. And then it's action, you know, so it's the love inside and then it's the action you take with it. And that's just inspiration. And I think, I don't even know what the Latin definition is, but it's something. (laughs) I I can't think of it right now. I've read it a million times, but I can't think of it right now. But I think inspiration comes from a deep level of self-love and acceptance first. And then... I'm a big believer in when I learn something, I teach it. If I got a gift, I want to give a gift. And that inspires me every day to be a student of life, to wake up every day, forgetting everything I've ever known in the past so that I can be open to receiving something and hearing something differently than I ever have before. And then using that new knowledge and awareness to help others maybe Mm -hmm. see things in a different way. Yeah. I love the, the way you explained it was, was beautiful because it's most people think that inspiration comes from a spark, mm. like somewhere it's like a lightning bolt that just comes and hits you. And then all of a sudden it's like, you got to capture all of it. But what's beautiful about what you just said was that it's a practice and oh, the more yeah. you love yourself, the more you create capacity to receive, which is ultimately like insights, inspiration, like gifts, whatever that is. And then when you bring it in your own words, you sort of move it forward and then inspiration becomes real. Right. Then it becomes shareable. It becomes these little bite-sized pieces that everyone can enjoy. And infectious. It, I mean, it is really infectious. People are around you and they're like, I just feel so good around you. You have such great energy. You always make me feel better. You know, those are the kinds of things I hear all the time. And it's giving that way without any hesitation or expectation of getting anything in return. It's truly bringing it and showing up in your life fully as the full authentic representation of yourself. So let's talk about that. Showing up fully as the most authentic representation of yourself. When you show up fully and authentically, a lot of time there's judgment. 
there's self-judgment. There might be judgment from people around you. There might be, there, there's always that voice of fear and, and fear can be interpreted in a lot of different ways, but there's always that voice. Um, how does that voice show up in your own life? And when it does, how do you communicate with it? I pretty much, I would say never 100% because there's always room for improvement, but I would say I'm pretty close to being completely unaffected about the, the way people think about me. It's irrelevant. I've learned and I teach that the only opinion that matters is mine. The only opinion about you that matters is yours. And that any time somebody's judging me, doesn't like me, in some way doesn't agree with me, I know that it has everything to do with them and not me. And it's where their lack of self-love lives, their self-judgment lives. It's projection or, or perception is projection. So when someone doesn't like something that you're doing, it's really is a mirror reflection of what they don't like in themselves. Yep. So that was an art, you know, I had to learn that. And it started, you know, I'm, I'm 54 years old and it started a little bit in my forties, like mid to late forties, where I stopped really caring so much about what other people think. But the big aha for me was the, you know, the pivot and the bathroom moment I had and then ending my marriage and relationship. And after living with that, where to the outside world, it looks so good to everyone else. But to me, I was dying inside because I kept it hidden. Because what would people think? What would people say? What, how would my kids feel? And worried about what everybody else was going to think. And then after that ended and I started sharing that with people and received a, a lot of love, some judgment, some weird things, some relationships fell apart. But I realized at the end of the day that, that it, it really doesn't matter when anybody else thinks because they're, they're going to judge me and feel the way they feel about me for a day or a week or a year or forever. But I'm the one that has to live with me. So I think that it's just, it just evolved over time and it's now evolved to the point where when you realize that it's so true that the only opinion that matters is yours, you let go of, of fear of being judged. Let me ask you something. You know, you're, you're a pretty ambitious person. Like mm -hmm. you do a lot and you have lots of projects and you push yourself and you expect a lot out of yourself. Yes. I find that when, when I'm pushing myself to a degree, there's always self-judgment. I'm always like, I can do better or I didn't do well enough or like there's always more, 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 more. How do you balance that voice of more with the voice of self-love? Because mm -hmm. they almost seem like contradictory topics. Right. Well, we're creators. We came to this human experience on this earth to create. So creators, visionaries, doers, action takers like us will always have Millions of things that we want to do. Millions of things that I want to do. You know, every day I wake up and, and want to do something new. And life is a puzzle. It's a big, giant jigsaw puzzle. And we're putting in the pieces each and every day. But the puzzle really never does get done. Or once one puzzle gets done, then you start another one. So there's always going to be more to do. We'll never run out of that. And it's just being okay to be okay, where you are right now, and that it is enough. And it's so funny that you mentioned this because I was watching Ellen DeGeneres, a clip on social media, and she just turned 60. And 
Portia is her wife and gave her this amazing gift. But she said to her, you are, Ellen, you give so much to the world. And every night Ellen says, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. So even people are having massive impacts on the planet feel that way. We all feel that way. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm not giving enough. What, you know, I'm not, I'm going to run out of time. I'm judging myself. This isn't good enough. And, and it is, it is because if you look, if you launch this podcast, if you write a book, if you start a program, if you, you know, this business is doing really well, if you decided to do another branch of this business or anything like that, wherever you are right now in this moment, whatever you create, you're not going to be the same person tomorrow. So it, it's not going to be good enough for you anymore because you're expanding. You're expanding and growing, and now you can see more, you know more, you're wiser. So it's just knowing I am enough. Mm. I am enough. I am perfect just the way I am. It is enough. And again, it's, it is a mantra, <laughs> and it is a practice to keep that reined in because I know I, I, I have that too. I just constantly want to be creating. You should see my whiteboard. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All the things on it. We yeah. should trade whiteboards. But, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it gets pretty ridiculous. No, you yeah. said something that was really amazing, actually, because you know, I just got done doing my first ever comedy stand-up set. And awesome. it's been on my, my bucket list forever. And it was like one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. But when I finished it, I almost felt this like new sense of expansiveness. I was like, oh my gosh, I see the world so much differently now. There's so much more I want to do. And I was already thinking about that next thing. Why do you think we're like that? Because as soon as you achieve a goal, the moment you achieve it, it's immediately replaced with another one. It is. Because like I said, we're ever expanding and we're never done. So that's like asking, you know, the acorn becomes the oak, becomes the forest. It's asking the forest not to keep growing. And, you know, Mm. we just, we're not made that way. We're not defined in a box. I think being content is really a dangerous word because I think that's, that's a stagnant feeling. And so you did something that you had no idea what the outcome was going to be. I guarantee you it was better than you thought it was going to be when you were standing on the other side of it. It felt amazing to do and you celebrated it in that moment. And then your next thought was a little bit of disappointment. And then now what? (laughs) Now what? Now what am I going to do? Because you want to do more. You're expanded. So you step over that line of fear and then you realize it's okay and then you realize, oh my God, I'm empowered. I can do even more. So that's what happens, right? So it's it's so cliche to say it's the journey, but it is the journey. It is in the little moments that build up to it. It's not about the destination. On that note, though, maybe it's maybe the whole, all of life is just a journey. It is. The destination is just something for us to look at and be charmed by, but ultimately. Maybe we're never done. Can you expand on that? I love this. I did a 30-day challenge on how to have a better today. And day two was uh, watch your use of when-then statements. Well, when I lose that weight, then I'll start dating. Or when I make that million dollars, then I can relax or any of that. And we 
are not done. Think about what we're expanding all the time. Our brains, you know, they or neuroplasticity, you know, your brain's actually growing and expanding. Look at technology. Look at how fast things are moving. So the earth, you know, the universe is expanding. There's been reports, literally galaxies by the second. Like it, there's so much expansion going on all the time. So we're always learning and growing and we are never done. We're just not done. That would be like asking Michelangelo, you know, when he's done creating David, you know, you can't sculpt anymore. You can't yeah. paint anymore. You, you know, you're, you're not done. We're, like I said, we're creators. So we're, whatever your creations are, your art, it is never done. And, and so it's so incumbent upon us to feel at peace in each moment, you yeah. know, find the joy, find the happiness. Happiness is not a condition. It's a choice. So to deciding to be happy, mm. deciding how you want to respond or react to something and, and how you want to live the day. And, and, Everybody has the same time, right? Everybody has the same amount of time in each day. And what's the difference between someone who's, you know, highly successful and someone who wouldn't consider themselves successful? It's strictly in the way they think and that the moment-to-moment -moment decisions they're making in each day mm. on how they want to live, act, and feel. Yeah, so, it's, being, it's yeah. being intentional. Now, as you were speaking, I was kind of thinking about something that I don't know the answer to, so I don't know if, if, if I'm going I'm to ask you. <laughs> I, I don't know of, if I know the answer. <laughs> well, then let's just talk about it and see if we can go yeah, there together. I love it. So if the universe is expanding, and if everything is constantly changing and expanding and growing and thriving, why is our natural tendency to want to stay the same? Like, why is there a restriction with growth? Or why is there like a, why, why does fear in that capacity, I understand the fear of survival, but why does fear of growth exist if the universe is naturally expanding? Yeah, fear of growth, fear of success, you know, these are real things. Yeah. Well, as far as we know, right, we're the only species that has ego. You know, we are the only ones that have this in our antiquated brains. Subconscious is designed to keep us safe. That's what it does. And so I do a lot of work around removing limiting beliefs and mental blocks that are that are anchored in there literally 85% of them by the time we're eight years old, right? So we have this fear, fear of change, fear of being uncomfortable because change, like, like you just said, you did this show, that's uncomfortable. To get up on a stage and do a speech for the first time, that's uncomfortable. To put yourself out there, it's uncomfortable to do that. And it's it's just because we want our subconscious mind wants to keep us familiar, wants to keep us small, wants to keep us safe because, you know, we used to have to fear saber toothed tigers and things like yeah. that. So that's that part of the brain that's doing that. But it's being able to have the awareness of it and then say, well, this isn't really real. I am okay. I've always been okay. I will be okay. I have everything I need today. There is really nothing to fear. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, um, if this doesn't work out, so it didn't work out. And so I think that's where it comes from. People are so afraid to fail and make mistakes. And here's the thing. I, I, I coach a lot about this. You know, we were born, we start out on our backs. Then we learn to roll over. Then we learn to crawl. Then we learn to stand. Then we learn to walk. Then we learn to run. The entire time we're doing that, we are stumbling and falling the entire time. 
we're getting knocked down, pick ourselves up, knocked down, pick ourselves up. That doesn't change in life in any way. We're, our greatest successes and lessons come from our quote unquote failures, which I don't even call them failures or mistakes. I call them lessons along the way. That's what they are. You don't, you won't know that how far you can stretch yourself until you see how far you've been knocked down, you know, and that stretches you to the next level and then the next level. So I think building on failure, brilliant answer, by the way. I think that building on failure, it's almost like you're building a wolf inside you Mm. like that can handle bigger and bigger failures. And it's almost like this shouldering of responsibility that happens the more you fail. And it's a beautiful learning process. And I, it's such an important reminder to remember that kids fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, we're learned to just get up right. and do it again and do it again and do it again right. until we get it. Right. Why do you think that playfulness that we have as children goes away goes, as we get older? goes away because, and this is my philosophy, my belief, it goes away because when we cross over that cusp of child to young woman or young man, and we enter into these socialization years, which last for about eight years, where we start out with imprint years and then modeling years, and now we're in the socialization years, we are so impacted by the influence of others. So mean girls and guys, teachers, parents, society, the media, all of these outside sources that make us feel less than we end. And advertising and marketing is a, takes a huge role in that. These are some of the limiting beliefs that we have. You know, uh, act your age. You know, st- boys don't cry. T- it's time for you to grow up. And, you know, all of those things that get dampered down are creative, youthful, childlike, fearless expression in life. And that's really when it starts to happen. And then, you know, everybody's comparing themselves to everybody else. And look at social media. I mean, it's, yeah. it's criminal that our kids, my kids are growing up in an age where there's such voyeurs into everybody else's world and don't really take the time to really honor their creativity, their daydreaming, you know, their imagination, their playfulness, because they think they have to fit into a certain category or a certain box. And I'm not speaking about my children. I'm just saying kids in general. general. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it happens. It starts then. So if we could just start, we could start right now today. Deepak Chopra says, if we could get our younger generation meditating Mm. really young, right now we would have world peace in one generation. And if we could start creating awareness that there are truly no mistakes. Everybody's just doing the best they can from where they are. It's not a race. It's not a competition. And to empower our young kids to really express themselves, try different things. I mean, I'm on my kids all the time. You know, they're getting ready to graduate college, my twins. And my, my daughter wants to go do this and my son wants to go do that. And I'm like, go, go figure it, go play, you know, go experience the world, you know, go do it. Because what are they going to get out of that? But lessons and experiences along the way, you know, they're just going to find out more about who they are and what they like and what they don't like. You're, you're hitting every single point that I've ever believed on the head. And I love it. Self-awareness. You brought that up and you brought up meditation as a way to build self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Why do you think meditation or silence or being by yourself in a capacity without having any external influence builds self-awareness? Because when you 
honor yourself and quietly tune in. And I am a huge fan of meditation. Meditation changed my life. It was the number one thing that turned things around for me and really helped me to create this spiritual awakening and all of this self-love and fulfillment that I have now. But it was because I sat down quietly every day and prayed to God, prayed to spirit, prayed to my angels, whatever you believe in, and said, who am I? Who am I? Why am I here? What is all this for? What do I want? How can I serve? How can I use this life that I have, this gift that is my life, in an extraordinary way? And it wasn't until I started the habit of meditating and getting really quiet that, oh my God, Raj, the downloads were coming like crazy. I was writing like crazy. The ideas were coming to me like crazy. I birthed the idea, the poem for I Have Today, and then the whole vision for the company out of a meditation practice. And because we need to listen to our inner voice, we're being guided every minute of the day. Every minute of the day, our soul, our spirit, our inner voice is pointing us in in the direction to what it is we want and exactly where it is. And unless you tap into that, yourself and tune into your own voice, your, you know, your own words, your own visions. No two people see things alike. No two people are the same. That if there's a crime scene, they witness, you know, they take 12 eyewitnesses because all 12 of them are going to have a different perception of what they saw. So the voice you have to listen to is your own. And the only way to really, really tap into that is to get into a quiet state of meditation. It's my belief. That is the fastest way to really tap into that. What are other ways? Paying attention to signs. Paying attention to the song that comes on the radio and the message that's in there. Paying attention to the numbers that you see. Paying attention to the fact that you think about somebody and two minutes later you get a text from them. Paying attention to the book that falls off the shelf when you're walking in the bookstore. Or the person, you know, something pops into your mind three times, like something, something crosses your path, like paying attention to all the other signs too. That's Mm. a good way to tap into it. I love that so much. I've always felt like I'm I'm an avid meditator myself, but when I couple that with an active curiosity for Mm. things, like when I get curious about, oh, why is that happening? Or when I notice things like, oh, that's funny. When I get really curious about things, it creates a very playful energy that then allows me to manifest, create, and just, it's almost like it's like a self-fulfilling little circle. Meditation is my form of like sitting still. And then curiosity is my form of like almost exploring. And you kind of said something very similar, which made me really happy right now. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing. The more you meditate and do that, you know, because they're like, ooh, weird coincidences, right? And, you know, all of a sudden, like your life is flowing. The more and more you meditate and tune into that. So now I can actually hear the answer as it's happening, you know, and I get the clear message, right? Oh, well, that's what that was about. And that was that's that's what that is for. You become the truly the commander of your life. Like you feel the, the divine guidance. And that the whole universe is conspiring for you because it is. And and you can actually feel that. And you get that from meditation. <laughs> you just do. You turn, that's how you turn your mess into your message. That's how you apply meaning to chaos. That's, and you're so right because 
the more in tune we get with ourselves, the more aware we are of what's happening and the more aware we are of what's happening, the more we can apply meaning to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like this amazing loop of just awesomeness. Gosh, it's, Diane, like it's so awesome. You got me rolling. I'm so just excited right now to just pay attention <laughs> to stuff. Like I'm I know, like weirdly excited, which makes me, which actually brings me to, to, to just this idea of being intentional. Tell me about um, your, your entire journey into intentional living and how you help people. Well, you know what? I, I had a good life. In, in many ways, somebody outside looking in would say, God, you have everything, Diane. But the truth is a lot of it was not, didn't have any passion for me, right? The relationship was, you know, no passion in that relationship. My career was, was really great, but it, it wasn't one that I, you know, studied for and pursued. I just sort of fell into it and went with it. And, and my twins, I, I, you know, I was told I couldn't have children and I just did not accept that as an answer. There was no way. And that was, that's one thing I would really like to tell the audience. Don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't do. No one decides that. You decide for yourself. You know, and I'm thrilled and I have had so many amazing blessings in my life, of course. But what got me really to focus on the intentional living piece of it, well, again, it was waking up with the poem I have today in my head and realizing, oh my God. All I have is today and nothing else matters but right now. And what if today was the last day of my life? What would I want the end of this day to look like? What would I want to experience today? And that it focused me in and got me really laser tuned into being intentional, intentional with my time, our most precious commodity, intentional with my relationships, intentional with my physical health, intentional with my life. And, and so it woke me up to when I said that when I got out of that chant, that forgiveness chant said, I want an extraordinary life. I'm going to do everything I can to get it. I thought, well, what does this look like? And, and I was living in Chicago at the time and San Diego was calling me. And I said, well, I'm going to live in San Diego. It's calling me. I'm going to live in San Diego on a cliff overlooking the ocean so I can see the sunset every night because I love the beach. And Raj, the universe went out of its way and I moved to San Diego. I lived on a cliff overlooking the ocean and I saw the sunset every night. And I've always had the ability and the gift to manifest. I've always gotten everything I asked for, even the things I didn't want because Mm -hmm. I I put the intention out there. And I realized that as more and more of this was coming alive in me and I was creating this awareness around, I thought, holy cow, I'm really a powerful manifester and I get everything I want. So I need to be really intentional with what I'm asking for. And it just creates intention to really, you know, be focused, you know, don't just do things in a robotic way. You know, don't just get out of bed the same way, brush your teeth the same way, do the same morning routine, drive the same way to work. You're missing the big, beautiful world that's out there. You know, take a different route, do things a little bit differently, switch up the routine, be intentional with having each day look and feel different than the day before. I'm big on that. I don't want any two days of my life to be exactly the same. So that at night when I lay my head on the pillow and I go through my list of gratitude, you know, what I'm grateful for, I can state out loud, wow, I've experienced so much coolness today. So many cool people doing great things. And, uh, you know, so it's that. It's not leaving your life up to happenstance and circumstances outside of your control, but really being intentional with your life, with your day, 
I love yeah. that. Gosh, I love you. You are amazing. Uh, you are amazing. You. Thank you for thank being amazing. Diane, if somebody wanted to get started on the path to intentional living, how would they do that with you? How would you guide them through it? Well, I would say if you want to learn more about me, for sure, dianeforster.com is my website. You can read my story and find out you know, many blogs and things on there. But I created a 10 Days to Your Passion and Purpose program. And I created this with somebody specific in mind because I saw, I kept seeing these struggles over and over with people. And when it happened with her, I said, I need to do something. She's so lost. She's so stuck. So what it is, is it's a download. It's $10, 10 days, 10 videos, 10 journal exercises for a dollar a day where you really get clear on what is true for you. You know, what do you really want? Not what you think you're supposed to want or what others want. And then uh, there's a cool process to figure out how much you're living in passion in your life by creating this passion pie and so many other things. What's your purpose? how to stay focused, how to live intentionally, what brings meaning into your life. So you would find that at IHaveToday.com. So that's where you would get it. And I highly recommend anybody, any age, any gender, wherever you are in your life, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you have these blocks and you're not living your life to the fullest and experiencing all the love, money, success, and happiness you want, because I believe everything we want is listed under those four categories, do this 10-day program. It really is a life changer, and you will gain so much clarity. And here's the thing. The universe doesn't understand ambiguity. Mm. It thrives on specificity. Mm. So when we get really clear about what we want, we manifest it like that. Mm. I love that. That's That's a beautiful quote. I wholeheartedly resonate with that. You're amazing. Diane, I have, firstly, thank you so much for just just being amazing. Um, But I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you've been through, how far you've gone and how far you've come and how far you continue to go, how do you stay grounded? I have a two-hour routine I do every morning called my Nurture My Spirit, Mind, and Body practice. And every day I wake up and I starfish out arms wide, legs wide, look up at the sky. And I say, I have today to love my life. Something really good is going to happen to me today. I can feel it. Miracles, big and small. I notice them all. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. All my guided meditations start that way, by the way. And then I go down, I sit down on the couch. I have what I call a meditation station and I do my meditation practice. Then I write in my journal and then I go move my body. I either go for a walk at the beach or I go to the gym or, you know, go for walks. I do something where I nurture that. And then at the end of that time, the, it's two hours. That sounds like a lot of time. I have so much more to give to the rest of the world. Mm. And that's how I stay so grounded is by honoring myself first. I call it being selfish in a really good way. <laughs> yeah, love it. Well, I hope that inspires everybody to put yourself first because... Yeah. I think if you don't fill your own well up, you can't fill anyone else's. So anyways, gosh, Diane, thank you so much for being here with us. I learned so much just being a fly on this wall. So thank you so much. And everybody, we'll keep all of Diane's information in the show notes. And uh, if you want to get in touch with her, you can. For everyone, that is a wrap of this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Diane, and from us. Stay grounded. 
Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.